Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tim May, Columbus Dispatch, lived it. And I heard uh, Timbo as he joins us now. Jeremy, the other day on the Dan Patrick Show, give you credit as the only guy who called that upset before it happened. Uh, he said, well, you know, the guy from Columbus called it, but I don't think you called it just because you were from Columbus. Like, you had watched James train, so what you saw happen that night may not have been or was not a surprise to you like it was to the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I explained all that to him. I mean, I wouldn't have been there. I wouldn't have been in Tokyo if James was from Cleveland, you know? <laughs> and... uh but then number two, uh, you know, you could see up close and personal that James was in the greatest shape of his life, and at least as a boxer, from you know, I'd been covering him for eight or nine years, and that Mike Tyson wasn't quite in peak shape, let's put it that way, and was distracted. But uh, you know, too, but he still had to avoid the uppercut. Uh, you know, James did. That was the one lethal weapon that Mike Tyson had, and uh, you know, it almost caught up with him in the eighth round, as you well know. But it it didn't. He got up and uh, knocked him out. But yeah, I mean, uh, you could. You know, if James could just stick, stay away from getting knocked out, he had a great chance against him. Anybody could see that, and uh, if they were looking close enough. And it's really funny because I did a lot of interviews over there because nobody knew who James was pretty much, you know. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting there after the fight in the middle of the Tokyo Dome about two hours later after we'd done interviews. I'm writing my rear end off and uh, have this presence next to me. And I look up, and it's, it's this Japanese TV guy get, I'd done an interview with, and he starts bowing to me. Wow. And uh, and when I looked up, he goes, ah, he goes, you're Mr. May. You pick Douglas. You pick Witta. <laughs> and he goes, later, you, me, we drink. And he threw his card down in front of me. And, and I said, man, I'm sorry, but I'm on deadline here. <laughs> All right. So you missed some drinks. Hey, uh, I've had, one, one of the cool things is um, – I, I do have a little bit of a sports memorabilia collection. That's something that a lot of people don't know about me. Huh. And I remember bidding on boxing gloves signed by James Buster Douglas, and I've gotten to know uh, Johnny Johnson and, and James over the years. And yeah. one thing Johnny always told me, and I thought this was great, that the one edge that Buster had on over every other opponent that Tyson fought was that, that Buster never feared Tyson. Is that is that accurate? Right. Yeah, is that right, Tim? That's a that's not only right, but it's like then he added it. Now, you know, back then I did these stories, all these stories about the stuff. But one of the things was, you know, he didn't really like the way, in some respects, Mike Tyson conducted his life. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I mean, there was a little bit of an edge there, almost like a sheriff, you know, uh, wanting to come in and clean thing, clean up the city a little bit. But uh, but then on top of that, uh, you know, Buster Buster was interesting man because when he when he decided to fight. When he decided to really fight, he was as good as there was. I'm not, I'm, I'm not kidding you. No, I believe you. But the you. problem was, it was like sporadic, you know, and uh, and that's why nobody gave him a shot. But but you know, Chris, you were around back. I mean, I mean, you were already NFL in the NFL back then. But uh, but you were you understand what I say? When it, when he got in shape, he looked like a great outside linebacker. Yes, he did. I, and uh, uh, and I'm just going. Tyson didn't. Tyson looked like a short little guy. And uh, but Tyson, 
if you ever stood behind Mike Tyson, you could see that he was built to throw the uppercut, but he had a lot, he had other limitations. And John Johnson, who, by the way, the fight doesn't happen without John Johnson yeah. continually knocking on uh, Don King's door, you know. But uh, John Johnson, J.D. McCauley, that whole group there, they, they scouted Mike Tyson like you would a football team, saw his weaknesses, and then exploited them. And one of the things is, I got to, I got to cover quite a few fights, Tyson fights back then, and I was there in, uh, in, uh, at the Las Vegas Hilton uh, at the convention center there when, when he fought Frank Bruno. And Frank Bruno, uh, if you watch that fight, Frank Bruno hit him in the face a few times, but he, but he only hit him once, and he backed off because, like any other you know, uh, normal man, he was afraid about getting his head knocked off. And, but what you noticed was Mike Tyson would like, almost stop when he got hit in the face. You know, and who wouldn't, right? Yeah. But uh, but if you could hit him three times in the face when he does that, which is what Buster does, Buster Buster literally beat him up. And uh, the eighth round, Mike Tyson. I've, I've told people this many times. I got more, I got more of a, a sense of uh, of awe, or whatever you whatever you want to call it, of Mike Tyson because he still almost saved the fight by winning it in the eighth round, and uh, you know by almost winning it in the eighth round by throwing that uppercut. But uh, but it was it was amazing to watch how Buster Douglas and, and his camp went about setting up this great upset. I mean, it wasn't like a one punch, you know, Rocky kind of upset. It was planned and then carried out. I didn't see the fight. I was actually on a plane and I was landing in San Francisco. When I got off the plane in San Francisco, I saw that James huh. upset him. It did, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought like didn't Don King come out after that and wasn't there a press conference where he said Tyson got up before or wasn't there some James didn't get up in time yeah, they yeah. contended yeah well but... here's the thing yeah and it, that's the crux of the whole deal was that uh, he got knocked down and James's dad taught him a long time ago you know Bill Dynamite Douglas was a really good I don't know wasn't journeyman he was really a, a good like uh, like like middleweight I mean middleweight uh, light heavyweight fighter but he taught him a long time ago uh, in his career, that if you ever get knocked down, take the full eight seconds before you get up to collect yourself. And uh, if you watch the fight, if you were there, you could see he wasn't knocked out. On television, you can clearly see it. And, you know, the count really, um, back then, it would, it would start when the referee started. Well, Mike Tyson, I don't think, went to a neutral corner immediately, so the fight, the count didn't start. But in bottom line was, Buster was going to stay there until he had to get up just to go, because he was really mad at himself for letting himself wander into an uppercut. And uh, so that's what happened. And obviously after the ninth round started, it's kind of like, almost like football, you know. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the referees didn't, didn't if, there was a, if there was a problem, once you kick the extra point, you know, the life goes on. And, uh, but, uh, you know, Buster could have gotten up at the count of four if he'd have had to. So that, that's what it came down to. But, of course, Don King, they had, you got to understand, uh, they had flown to Vander Holyfield and, and Dan Duva and Shelley Finkel over. Matter of fact, Donald Trump was there too to announce the uh, the, the Holyfield Tyson fight was going to follow in like May or June, and in a press conference the night before the Buster Douglas uh, Tyson fight. And I went up to Dan Duva and Shelley Finkel after the press conference. I said, "Well, what happens if Buster wins this fight?" And they both started laughing. Oh, that'll never happen. <laughs> and uh, it, it did. Tim May is our guest tonight, the 30 for 30, 42 to 1 about James Douglas' knockout of Mike Tyson in 1990. It's on ESPN at 9 p.m. Uh, A, have you seen it? And if you have, do we learn anything new tonight? Because I do think 
Uh, people in the city of Columbus know a lot more about this fight than maybe people outside the city who didn't follow James's career to the top of boxing based on that night in Tokyo. Yeah, you know, I've not seen it. I'm, I'm going to a, a premiere showing there at Studio 35 tonight at, like, I think it's at 7 o'clock, where they're going to show it before they show it at 9. So I, I don't know what new ground, if any, uh, Jeremy Schapp and Ben Hauser, you know, the the uh, I don't know if he's the director of it, I think, but uh, one of the powers behind it. I don't know if they found anything new, uh, but it, to me it's always interesting because a lot of things morph, you know, the, the farther you get from them. And, you know, I was telling, telling Jeremy Shep this when he interviewed me for it that, uh, you know, I've seen a couple of screenplays written about this, and I just go, you know, there's never been a movie made yet, but uh, uh, I just go, what? man, if you just stick to the facts of this thing, it's, it's an incredible story, you know, from, uh, from getting that shot uh, you know, he had a shot once before against Tony Tucker and blew it in the tenth round. And but Buster got a new shot at a uh, at a world championship and getting that shot. And then his mom dies. What three weeks, three and a half, four weeks before before the fight? Are you kidding me? And then you go to Tokyo and you're not given a chance in hell. And but you know you're in the greatest shape of your life. And the other guy isn't. I mean, you got to you had to see Buster back then, man. He was running around. They were he and his uh, he and his co. Uh, you know, his, his sparring partners and stuff were running like the steps and the, the paths of the Imperial Palace grounds over there and stuff. It was like a sight to behold. And, and then he pulls it off, and then there's drama within the fight, you know. And uh, it's just an amazing story. So I think it can be told a million times, and it still kind of gives you goosebumps. It does me thinking about it, you know, and being there and witnessing it. It was It was crazy. Always great to have you on, man. We appreciate the time. We'll get you back on next week and talk some Buckeyes in Washington. Thanks. By the way, I heard what y'all said about Heartline. You're exactly right. You know, sometimes if, when you when you when you get that uh, silver spoon in your mouth, then you learn how to eat soup. Uh, that's what he's done, man. He's really parlayed it. Yep. Thank you, Tim. We appreciate it, partner. Take care, See you, fellas. All right. There you go, Tim May. Follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore May Sports. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.